the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. Let's pray together. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King. We thank you for this season where... You are lifted up. Your name is lifted up. And people will come to you. I know, Lord, many people will come to you during this season. And we're blessed to see this. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your love and your compassion. We thank you for the joy that we sense. We thank you, Lord, for the encouragement. And we pray that we can be that to others, Lord, that this would be a great season for everyone, and that they would rejoice in you, restore our country to you. We bless you, we thank you, we praise you, we honor you. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Okay, well, what a great day it is to celebrate the Lord and share your faith, right? It's important to understand that these celebrations like Hanukkah and Christmas Focus on the Lord. The more we remember him and focus and observe about the Lord, the more we're thankful for who he is in our life. And I pray that many of you use the Hanukkah Haggadah to enrich your life with the Lord, and you are also used it for outreach for family, friends, and neighbors. Hanukkah ended this past Tuesday evening. We had a great party at Shoresh David with our children. They had a blast. Hanukkah is probably the best known of the Jewish holidays, mostly because it's at the same time as Christmas. So uh, we are in between these two holidays. I would just mention before we get started that part of both of these holidays tradition is about giving, and I'd like to give you my new booklet called Rejoice Always. It's a grouping of scriptures that focuses your mind on God's word and hopefully his desire for you to rejoice. It will inspire you. Call Karen, let her send you a copy of this booklet. It's free. 
Her phone number is 813-831-5673. And for those of you who would like to send us a gift so that we can stay on the radio in 2018, we would be humbled to receive that kind of encouragement from you in the form of a financial uh, gift. So please call Karen at 813-831-5673. So last week, we looked at Hanukkah, its history, and some of the major themes. And just as a quick review, let's name the five themes that we talked about. First of all, deliverance. God delivered the Maccabees, and the Jews received freedom after being oppressed. Secondly, was cleansing. They had to cleanse the temple before, because it had been defiled, right? And our temple, our body, mind, and spirit also needs to be cleansed. And I would say on a daily basis, right? Three, um, dedication. We talked about the meaning of Hanukkah is dedication. And so our Jewish people rededicated the temple. But we need to rededicate our lives, our temple to the Lord, right? Number four is the light. And and oftentimes uh, Hanukkah is called the miracle of lights. And it was the miracle of the oil giving light uh, lasting beyond a day. For eight days, but we know that Yeshua is the light that lasts forever, and we are to receive his light and pass it on to others, right? And finally, the fifth theme would be servant or servanthood. On the menorah, which is the candelabrum for the nine candles, one candle is higher than all the others. This is called the shamas, which means servant. So we have the higher being the servant, and in the same way, and it lights the other candles, in the same way Yeshua is higher, and yet Yeshua was a servant. He modeled servanthood to us. We who have been called to serve Yeshua, and we need to do what he taught us. We are to serve God first, and to serve all others with I underline the word all. Don't pick and choose. We are to be servants. Amen? Okay, so this week, we're going to look at what sins have defiled our temple. You understand what I'm saying? Our temple isn't as pure as it should be. And so I call these the sins of isms. You know what an ism is? <laughs> It's the last three letters of five different words that I believe are sin. (laughs) Okay, so let's start with naming those isms. Hellenism, progressivism, relativism, emotionalism, and super-spiritualism. Okay, Let's look at these and see what I'm talking about here that defile our temple, that cause us to sin. The first one is Hellenism. And let's define it. It means uh, importing a culture more important than the culture of God. Ooh, right? Romans 1, 22 and 23, claiming to be wise they became fools. 
They exchanged the glory of the immortal God for an image in the form of mortal man. And we do this so often that we don't even know we are doing it. An example, we've imported a culture of secularism, even as believers, yeah. So the most... Uh, the, the importance of Shabbat, which would be taking one day out of seven to focus on the Lord, is no longer that important. And for many people, coming together to worship is also not important. People have become wise in their own eyes and believe they know better than God what is best for them. The way to fight Hellenism is to export our believing, God-fearing culture to other people, to share. That will fight Hellenism. We want to change the culture. Are you with me? Okay. Number two, the second sin we get involved with is progressivism, which means importing the world's knowledge over God's wisdom and knowledge. You know, becoming more modern. Of course, who doesn't want to become more modern? We all want to be modern, right? But to the modern world, it makes sense to try marriage out by living together first and then committing if it works out. And that will make us more enlightened. We have progressed. Well, though God's wisdom is different, though, and though the facts actually show that those who live together first are more likely to get divorced after they marry, those who call themselves progressive are just saying their knowledge is greater than the facts or God's wisdom. And that's progressivism for you. Okay? And, and, and it, that word has actually been stolen because, you know, progressive was a very positive word, but it has been stolen. It's been hijacked. Just like this next word has been hijacked. Relativism. Okay. What this means is that the truth of yesterday changes based on the culture of today. So what was true yesterday might not be true today or tomorrow. So the definition of sin is different from the 20th century to the 21st century. And certainly the definition of sin is different from 2,000 years ago because we have evolved and are smarter now. We also know the greater truths now. So as an example, homosexuality used to be a crime. Various sexual crimes, including homosexuality, were against the law until the 20th century. And in some cases, the 21st. So like adultery in 21 states... Adultery meaning cheating in a marriage is against the law in 21 states, even now, punishable by a fine or even jail time. How many people do you think are going to be arrested for adultery in those 21 states? 
states. However, because truth is relative, even if in those states the police would just ignore it because adultery is what we do. We are in the 21st century. Truth has changed. Certainly, man shouldn't just be with one woman or one woman with just one man. Relativism. Very dangerous. It allows the truth of yesterday to be different than the truth of today. And another example would be abortion. It used to be a crime. Before 1973, abortion in this country was illegal. Now, over, listen closely, over 60 million, that's million with an M, 60 million babies have been killed since then. And we are part of the culture that changes truth rather than believes in applying the truth to the culture. That's what we should be doing. We should be applying the truth to the culture. Relativism leads to you deciding what truth is, and so you become God in your own mind. You become the authority. And then number four we have is emotionalism. Uh, This is the one that, (laughs) of all of these, I don't know. I I guess I shouldn't have a favorite sin, right? (laughs) But emotionalism is so crazy these days. I, I don't even know where to start. Allowing our needs and our desires to direct our speech and our actions. I mean, I I have so many examples of this. First of all, this is basically being self-centered. Our behavior is self-centered. So it makes perfect sense for a woman should have a choice about whether or not she should have an abortion because it's really up to the way she feels. It doesn't matter that we're killing a baby. It matters that she feels good. And some of the newest applications of emotionalism, oh, I know you like these, pick your own gender. Yeah, kind of decide whether you're a guy or a gal. And in fact, when a baby is born, we shouldn't call them a son or a daughter. We should wait until they're old enough to figure out which one they'd like to be. This is the newest application of emotionalism. We don't want the baby to be emotionally hurt by the label of boy or girl. In fact, the toys that we should buy for them should be neutral, not knowing which way they're going to go. I know this sounds crazy to you. In fact, not only can you you pick your own gender, you can now pick your own race. (laughs) It's all based on how you feel. It used to be that our character was called on to change our feelings. But now our feelings are the reason we can change our character. Right and wrong are being done away with by emotionalism. Don't discipline your children. It It might hurt their feelings. Everyone on every team should win something. 
we don't want anyone's feelings to be hurt, do we? Even the NFL taking a knee is based on feelings because it is okay to disrespect our flag. It's okay to disrespect our national anthem because of the way somebody feels. Yeah, the worst is that if you feel a certain way, you can disrespect anything. Disrespect police, disrespect teachers, and any authority, including and especially the President of the United States. It's like, it's a, it's like a good thing now in some circles to, to disrespect the President of the United States. We even see our leaders doing it throughout Congress and others. How often have you heard someone say, the God I serve wouldn't do that, or I don't believe in God because if there is a God who wouldn't, they wouldn't allow that. That's our feelings again speaking. Our feelings. Look, some things God does and permits will make us uncomfortable. We're not going to feel great about it. Okay? He doesn't inquire about how something makes us feel. The God of the universe does not ask us, how are you going to feel about this before I do it? He punishes. He allows bad things to happen sometimes to good people. He allows suffering in the world. However, the same people who get upset with those things would also get upset if they thought we didn't have freedom and God controlled everything like we were robots. But you know what? You can't have your cake and eat it, too. In this sense, we've got to understand that our feelings are important, but they shouldn't run society. Amen? Can I hear a loud amen out there? (laughs) Okay, I know. You're waiting for number five. The fifth ism that defiles our temple is super spiritualism. Now, believing that God is speaking to you allows you not to be accountable or submitted to others. Now, I'm not saying that you and I don't hear from God. Of course, part of our walk with the Lord is to hear from God. But there are believers, and I'm talking about believers, who don't want to be accountable or submitted because they have heard from God. And it makes you like your own God, since you now decide what is right and wrong. It's just like the other isms. I heard from God and he told me. When one of my congregants says that, I say to me, I say, I say to them, well, look, that's going to end the conversation because who am I to tell you something different than what God has told you? <laughs> I mean, that's the end of the conversation. I'm not saying we don't hear from God. But we shouldn't be throwing that idea around without spiritual authorities in our lives confirming what we think and what we have heard. And so we should be teachable, we should be under authority, and 
the authority of scripture, and we should be under the authority of at least one person who is spiritual, who is who, who follows scripture. So have I stepped on enough toes yet? <laughs> Anybody feels like I have, you know, asked, I, I've spoken about something that they can relate to in, in, in your own life? These isms are not just about non-believers. The thing about isms is that they come into our being and we start moving based on the pressure of the isms rather than moving based on the pressure of God. We need to dedicate, we need to rededicate ourselves to the Lord. Now, a key to help us not fall into the sins of isms is humility. Think of how humility responds to the themes of Hanukkah. We were delivered, right? That was the first one. We depend on God. That requires humility. The second one is we seek to cleanse ourselves, which means we know our condition of sin. That requires humility. Number three, we dedicate our lives to God. It's not about ourselves. It's about our, our humility. It's, it's being humble. Number four, we are desiring to be a light. That's the obedience of God. And obedience comes from humility. And number five, we become a servant. We're compassionate to others. That is all about humility. Let's look at three scriptures about humility. By the way, before we do that, let's define it. It's a modest opinion of what's one's own importance or the freedom from pride or arrogance, or it's a willingness to, sub- to submit to one's, uh, to, uh, to God and to man. So we are willing to submit to God and to man. Proverbs 22, 4. The reward of humility and fear of Adonai is riches, honor, and life. 1 Peter 5, 6. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that he may lift you up at the appropriate time. Cast all your worries on him for he cares for you. And Matthew 23, 12. Whoever exalts himself shall be humbled, and whoever humbles himself shall be exalted. However, I want to take these this next broadcast to discuss an issue that we should all be wrestling with. Yes, and I'm going to use Christmas and Hanukkah as my examples, which will cause you to wrestle And I don't know how you're going to feel about it because, again, I'll probably be stepping on some toes. But you're going to have to come back next week to find out about that because we don't have any time left. I know that's crazy, isn't it? Well, we're ending our show today, but but you got to come back next week. It's going to be wild. Okay, look. As I mentioned earlier, part of both of these holidays is about giving. And I want you to have my booklet, Rejoice Always. It's a group grouping of scriptures that focuses you on God's word and his desire to have you rejoice. It's all about scripture, right? So call Karen and let her send you a copy of this new booklet. It's free. 
Her number is 813-831-5673. And for those of you who would like to send us a gift so that we can stay on the radio in 2018, which we would really appreciate. You know, I'm getting to meet a lot of people who say they listen. I'd really appreciate if you could send us some encouragement in the way of a financial gift. Call Karen at 813-831-5673. I pray this broadcast has touched your heart. And may you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Let's pray. Abba, Father, Teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah. God of Israel Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.